as our students enter a new world of high school and college, of employment perhaps, and politics, these words of Jesus are all the more important for them to hear. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Take heart, I have overcome the world. God's comforting and yet challenging words for all of us today. What is the world coming to? Perhaps you've muttered those words in frustration. What is the world coming to? It seems like it's out of control or chaotic. Things are falling apart. It's just not right. It's not like it was in Grandma and Grandpa's day. It seems so different. What's the world coming to? As you watch news on TV or look up your favorite uh, current events, what's going on in the world at a news website, it's not hard to see that things aren't exactly like the generation before us. It seems the world is falling apart. As I look over the years from the things that are sensitive to me, I think about the atrocities, the inhuman actions and destructive decisions that society has allowed, like abortions. I think about how two young men can take it upon themselves to build a bomb and blow it up in a crowded square at a marathon, or more recently, at an airport. That this is the world out there that we face, that our students will be a part of. I think of how our national media mostly ignores these atrocities, and instead heaps praises upon things that are obviously choices that do not honor God, lifestyles that are destructive and spiritually foul to God while ignoring these other things and while they reject the things of God. The world is so occupied with hatred and violence and vengeance and oppression. They have no room for God's authority or truth in their lives because it takes away something they want. We are, sadly, as Christians, a vocal minority. That's what we've become. A vocal minority meant by society to feel out of place, out of step, and out of line. That's perhaps where we've come in this generation. What do we tell our young in faith to do? What do we say to them? Jesus has the words for us. Take heart. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Take heart and pray to the Father in my name. This is the beginning of courage. This is where our Christian faith must always start that we take heart in the Good Shepherd that has overcome the world for us. And we pray with confidence. We pray with confidence because we come to God in the name of Him, Jesus Christ, who fulfilled every promise, who fulfilled every prophecy, but more importantly, overcame sin and death. That is how we take heart and find our courage to trust in the Lord. As for me and my household, as for me and my individual life journey, we will trust in the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We will look to the Lord and we will take heart and pray. This is so important today on the day we confirm our students, Kiki and Daniel and Harrison, as they affirm their day of baptism when that seed of faith was given to them by the Holy Spirit, as the waters of forgiveness washed over them and they were given that adoption into God's family, that new identity as a child of God, as a warrior of God, as a praying person, servant of God, as a humble sheep, and also a body of priesthood. In them, they have God's word and authority. 
No different than any of us in this room. They have the same obligations in Christ as they do the peace and grace of Christ that we have. They are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of now, today. And they are making a difference for the sake of the cross. Today, we affirm that. Jesus, in speaking plainly to his confirmands in our gospel lesson, he said, in the world you will have tribulation. You'll have troubles. It won't be easy. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Our young disciples need to hear that, don't they? We need to be reminded of that. Because we are living in the day of tribulation and trials. We are a people of faith who live in the world that want very little or nothing to do with the Christian faith. And so we must take heart. We must pray. Because that is where we find Christ in His Word, in His sacraments, among His people, where God's Word is sung and celebrated. Where victories, not that the world defines as victories, but victories that God gives us are what we celebrate. These words of Jesus were meant to give His confirmands and each of us that confidence because of the time that He's speaking them. These are words of victory. You know, our students are about to enter a world that need not be some insurmountable adversary against them. They need not fear the world, despite what the preacher from the pulpit describes and all those dark and ugly things that are truly out there. But we don't enter that world with fear or trembling because we've learned to love and fear the Lord first. And when you seek His kingdom first, there's nothing to fear out there because you've learned to take heart and trust in the one who has overcome the world. Jesus is sharing these words to his confirmation class right before his trial and his arrest. He's having these words with his class at a time where he knows as they eventually arrive at his trial and execution, they're going to scatter. I mean, even Peter kind of flunks a few moments later. Do you know Jesus? No, I've never heard of him. Hey, aren't you the one that followed Jesus? No, I, I don't know the guy. Oh, come on, I, I've seen you walk with Jesus. You must be one of his disciples. I tell you I am not one of Jesus' followers. This was like his star student, Peter. We'll all have our Peter moments when we maybe stand back from the crowd and let our faith kind of become quiet. The disciples probably felt the same way we so, so often feel is that the world is coming apart. What's the world coming to? It seems a big and scary place, even to the adults like the disciples. And it's in that uncertainty that the disciples have to remember, that we have to remember the one who conquered sin and Satan and the grave itself and took away the sting of death. He says to us every day, take heart, take heart, because not only have I overcome the world, I am with you. I am with you always, to the very end of the age, to the end of history, to the end of your last breath, I am with you always as your Savior, as your King, as your servant, as your shepherd. Jesus' victory over the world, even as he spoke these words, because you know, these were before the cross and empty tomb, but his victory was becoming a reality with every passing moment. From the time even before he came into Jerusalem for Palm Sunday, God was unfolding his plan. And that's why he reminds the disciples they can take heart and have courage. Because God's plan has never failed. It has never lost one iota. No chapter has gone differently than God intended in their lives, in the ministry of their hearts and their church and all of history. Nothing escapes God's notice. He knows the hairs of our head. He knows us by name. Even before we were born, he loves us dearly so much that he would die for us and give us that life everlasting. Jesus was confident about his future 
And we can be too, beyond a doubt. Like the Confirmands, studying all of God's wonderful truths and promises uh, and that rich meaning of the gospel allow us to really trust in his words, take heart. To bring our hearts to bear as we know the rich meaning of the creeds. You guys, at some point, I hope, have studied and learned the creeds beyond just the Apostles' Creed we just did. You know the rich meaning of the commandments and how God will sustain us through what? Through word and sacrament. Through the teaching and learning of God's promises daily. Not just on Sunday morning. This is not just a practice before we hit the the sprint on Monday. It is a lifetime of being drenched in the Word of God. And not just for these two intense years where the Word of God, I'm sure, felt like it dwelt in you richly and you memorized it and you were quizzed on it. Those are exams we should all be testing ourselves so that when the moment comes, our voice is not fake, it is not faint, and it is not weak. But our voice in Christ is strong because He defended us when we were sinners and enemies of God. He defended us. And this should give us a renewed voice in the world. Amen? Christ defended you because you were his enemies and filthy and foul in your sins, like crimson stains, and yet the blood of Jesus, forgive the uh, weather correlation there, but now they're made white as snow. We are thankful that God sees us as that perfect son or daughter of his, and that we can call Christ not only Savior, but brother. He was human and walked this world just like us. He had tests. He had a family. He had friends to deal with. He had things to do just like we do. He dealt with sick people all the time, not just in his ministry, but I'm sure family members and friends got sick. He knew worry and compassion, not from a sinful standpoint, but that worry is what surrounded him in his family and friends. And so he brought them compassion. He brought them that confidence. And I'm sure even before he turned 30, in his teenage years, he would say, Mom, Dad, James, John, neighbor, co-worker, let's take it to God in prayer. Let's spend a moment right now I know I sometimes surprise some of you when you share a worry with me after church or a concern on your heart or a brokenness in your life. And I'll say, let's pray about that now. What I'm about to go to can wait. Take heart and pray to God in my name, Jesus said. Because if you ask anything of my Father in my name, meaning you're asking something that's already in His will, God is waiting to give it to you. God is ready to share with you His rich, abundant blessings and teaching and wisdom and strength because you ask and you trust when you pray to him in Jesus' name. And yet that's not always the reality. I think so often we feel less than confident when we go out in the world, Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, when we start high school, when we start making new friends and relationships that will test us. We feel less than confident and we fall back into despair and we think, as I've heard all my teenagers and some of yours say, what is the world coming to? This really hurts. Life is falling apart. For Christians, that doesn't have to happen. It's no wonder we feel such uncertainty about the future because we're looking at it without remembering Jesus' words. He says, I tell you these things so that in me you may have peace. I tell you these things, all these persecutions and problems and sufferings you'll have in my name, he's telling the disciples. It's not going to get better by the world's standards. It's not going to get more comfortable when you claim the name of Christ. When they make the confession, I would suffer all, even death, rather than lose my faith in Jesus. They'll say that in a moment. Listen to them as they make those vows, because those are our vows from our baptism. But we know we don't have to have a loss of Christ's peace 
Because we trust in his words. We trust in the forgiveness from the cross that gives us that peace and confidence. We learn fun acronyms like SOS and confirmation about God's law and gospel. God's law, SOS, shows our sin. But the gospel shows our Savior. Simple. That's the gospel in a nutshell. That the law of God, where it convicts us and tells us what we should do, but we do not do, that shows our sin. And that we are not perfect, that we are not clean. But we also must jump right into the gospel, SOS, that shows us our Savior. And that God rescues us. He is not content to let us suffer punishment and that rightful wrath. Instead, he made Jesus, his son, the most sinful person in all of humanity, in all of history, and poured out all his wrath on him. This is what we spell out in great detail through confirmation in Sunday school. But that we have hope in that. Not with how the world sees it. Because it's a hopeless cause to watch the news or follow current events, or even to plan your life without keeping our Lord Jesus and his promises in the center of it all. Seek first his kingdom. Ask, knock in Jesus' name, and the Father will hear you. He will answer you. Christ and his teaching keep life in its right perspective. And it informs us in a way that the world can never teach us, because the world teaches opposite. It teaches something far less than what God's word will teach us. Jesus said that in me you have a peace that the world can never give. When we find worry and despair in this world, we tend to overlook the cross and resurrection, don't we? When we find ourselves in that moment of worry, I've lost my job, I have a hurting relationship, life is struggling because of cancer or a sadness, it's often oppressive to us because we forget the cross and empty tomb. We overlook the very things by which Jesus was able to say these words, take heart, I have overcome the world. We keep worrying because about what is going to happen while Jesus welcomes and invites us saying, look at what has happened. I have overcome the world. I have died and risen for you. That is how we face each challenge that Satan in the world and the darkness throws at us that Christ has died for me. Christ has overcome the world for me. Christ has risen for me. And that victory is ours. Jesus said, what is mine is yours. You were baptized in my death. You will have that death in sin. But you were also baptized into life everlasting so that that crown of life that Christ has that is ours too. That is each of our students. That is a promise that will never fail you. So what are we Christians to do? What are we to say? We take heart. We take heart. We pray and we trust. We trust in the means of grace, the forgiveness of sins, and life everlasting because these will never fail us. Amen? Christ will never fail us. Amen? The empty tomb is proof of that. And these youth are living, shining examples of that resurrection hope. And so I ask you and remind you, as confirmands, as young adults, as people of faith, as you go on to other amazing chapters in your life, never lose your sense of shame and duty. Shame and duty are important. Of course, never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, but always have a sense of shame, knowing that God has taught you to see there is a right and a wrong in life as you seek to honor Christ in all that you do. And always find joy. Find joy in your obligations to your faith, to your family, to your country. All three are important gifts from God that deserve your respect and your service. Because God has called you by name to do great things in his kingdom, in your family, and in this chapter of your life and those to come. I invite all of you, turn with me to page 7 in your bulletin. Because this is so true as we look at that verse 33. Page 7 in your bulletin. 
not only for our confirmants, but for each of you, whenever you have moments in your life where you may personally feel scattered or alone or pressured with worries and doubts, always come back. Come back to these words of Jesus as you read together with me, verse 33, all the way to the end. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is what allows us to thrive in the grace of Jesus Christ. And to God be the glory, because His grace will sustain you. Amen. Amen. Open your hearts now as we sing our next song, Thrive. in God's love and word comes from a family that is nurturing and close to the heart of the Father. So at this time, I'm going to ask the parents and sponsors of our Confirmation Youth, wherever you're sitting, uh, to stand. Uh, we need to remind ourselves again of the vows that we make as parents. The church commends you and appreciates you for the faithfulness in the Christian training of these young men and women. It was since their baptism that you have prayed for them, brought them to God's house for worship, and have ensured that they were taught the essentials of the Christian faith. 
Though today they make public confession on their own of their faith, your prayers and encouragement remain important to them all their lives. So will you continue in fervent prayer for them and, as it is appropriate, support them in their Christian faith and life? Remain standing, and now I'm going to ask the whole congregation uh, to stand. Not our students, but the whole congregation. On their day of their